Okay, here we go. We're going to start the podcast. Are you ready? I'm ready. Great. Hello, everyone. Welcome to Eggshells and Elephants. We finally did it. We've started the podcast. This is the start of it right now. Finally. How do you feel? Excited. Good. Eggshells and Elephants. I'm going to explain why we've chosen that and what this is going to be about. So I think uh, you'll probably agree with me, but we've always found it quite easy to have a bit of a natter with each other. We have. Um, And not just about silly, daft stuff, but we've had proper chats too. Yeah. So, (laughs) don't laugh, this is my serious bit. (laughs) No, it's because in my head I'm just thinking about all the times we meet up in King's Cross and we always... Anticipate it's going to last an hour. Our little meet and greet and quick drink and a bit of dinner, and we go we go off on all these stories. Yeah, exactly. That's why we're doing a podcast. So we do. We talk about everything and anything, and a lot of the stuff we talk about is quite difficult, and uh, it can be like the more uncomfortable things that we perhaps don't talk about often. Um, but we always have a bit of a bloody laugh doing it, don't we? We do, yeah. Um, so we thought that we would do this podcast to get people thinking and perhaps talking as well uh, about things that need saying sometimes or need sharing just because it helps um, and try and have a bit of fun along the way. Right, now we need to introduce ourselves. Okay. I'll introduce you first. I've written this down. I'm going to read it like a script, like okay. they do on podcasts. Be kind. Michael, or Mickey Wash, as we call him. Uh, don't cry now. There's tissues there if you need them. <laughs> uh, do you know, I did wonder. I thought, what's she bringing the tissues over to the table for? We're going to get all upset here whilst doing this podcast. Quite possibly. No, it's for your hay fever. <laughs> uh, right, here we go. Serious face. Oh. Michael, or Mickey Wash, as we call him, is without doubt one of the loveliest humans I know. Uh, considering what he's gone through, which we will get to in this podcast, um, he has the most amazing positive attitude and makes me laugh until I can't breathe. Uh, I've watched him watched him work his way up in Tellyland, now a very successful casting producer, successful when not in the middle of a pandemic <laughs> and having been out of work for... <laughs> eight months. <laughs> eight, eight months. He's very good at his job, FYI, if anyone's listening. Um... Excellent at his job and never without a ridiculous story to tell from that part of his life. It's true. A twin, a partner to Tom, who he shares a house renovation project with in Cambridge, and a gorgeous cocker spaniel called Callie, new addition to the gang, uh, and also a really wonderful friend to me. But go on, you've got to speak about me now. (laughs) How am I going to top that? That That's so kind that you said all those nice things. Do you mean them all? I mean, every word. (laughs) Well, and I'm with Jenna, and me and Jenna go way back to when we first met in TV, and Jenna is a darling friend, also a very successful producer, albeit in a slightly different area of broadcasting. I got out of telly while I could. (laughs) You've yet to make that leap. (laughs) I might make that leap eventually. I'll probably come back, to be honest. And she, too, has also been through uh, lots of 
ups and downs and difficult situations, which some we share and some we don't and are completely new to me. But um, we always, we've always got along. We've always had a great friendship. And I couldn't think of anyone better than to do this podcast with. Right, shall we tell the story about how we met, the first moment we met? Yes. Where were we? We were in... Now, forget, were we in Malta? I think Malta, yeah. Yeah, we were in Malta. In fact, do you want to tell the story? Because it affected you. (laughs) You came out at the end of the the project a bit more scarred than I did. We were doing a TV show together. We met working in telly. And uh, we were doing a TV show which involved us going all sorts of places around the world with... Um, so there was a girl taking part in the show, it was the main like, lead in the show, and the idea was that she goes on this blind date at the end of it, and the blind date is in somewhere fancy. Well, the, it's supposed to be fancy, sometimes it's just Malta. <laughs> <laughs> Top of a cliff somewhere. <laughs> Made it look pretty with some festoon lights, and that was her date. <laughs> yeah. Um, but my job was to look after the girl the whole time and chaperone her, and Michael's job was to look after the guy and chaperone him. But they, because it was a blind date, he didn't know who he was going to meet. She knew. Did she know? She knew. He yeah, didn't. Yeah. He didn't. So they had to be kept separate. So we never saw each other because we could never be anywhere near each other. Because no. the, the cast weren't allowed to meet. It was always, um, I don't even know if it was WhatsApps at the time. It probably wasn't. It was texts, wasn't it? It was... Mm. You know, where are you? Are you are you fifteen minutes away? You know, you can't be anywhere near us. We can't see you. Close the curtains. Don't all, let her look. <laughs> all that sort of stuff. Um, but then <laughs> it would be date day, and the pressure would be on. <laughs> and uh, it was my first show. It's one of my first jobs properly in production in telly, and it was my first show with this team. They'd done other episodes, and I joined the team late. So I'd not done it before. And I was with the Jane. It was called Plain Jane. <laughs> I should explain that. <laughs> it, was, I? it was called Plain Jane. It was a fashion makeover series called Plain Jane for a big international broadcaster. Very well. It's like you've said that before. <laughs> it's because it's the best job I've ever had. It's not been like it any good since. <laughs> um, um, we'd call the female cast for each episode of The Jane. Yeah. Because <laughs> we were awful like that. And I was with The Jane. <laughs> Well, no, we weren't allowed to say their names just in case we slipped up. Oh, yeah, that was it. In front of the Crush. The Jane, the Jane. Yeah, Yeah. so everyone was called the Jane. Jane and Crush. Crush. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Yeah, so I was with her and they were all waiting at this, setting up the location for the date, all the fairy lights, all the crew, lighting the setups, all, all that stuff, right? Waiting, ready to shoot. And they're like, right, there's no Jane. Where is she? And then they ring me. Because I'm supposed to just arrive with her at the exact perfect moment. And apparently I'm supposed to telepathically know when that exact perfect moment is. And uh, all the production team are saying to me, oh, take your time, get her to... Well, what they actually said to me was, get her to shave her legs. <laughs> if you can. But don't make a big deal out of it. I mean, honestly. I, I mean, we can, we'll go to that. We'll, we'll, we'll do an episode about... Our TV experiences. Yeah. There's, I mean, there's a whole series worth of stuff. But yeah, when they said make sure she shaves her legs, I was thinking, I'm glad I went to uni. 
Anyway, so then I dri- I'm driving to this location and I get lost. And it's awful. It's like the middle of nowhere. The sat-nav in the car, the hire car's not working. It's just me. I'm like, how old would I have been? Oh. 22? Yeah. No, a bit older than that. 25, maybe. Maybe 25, yeah. I had no clue what I was doing. Bloody driving around. Anyway, I was lost. And they were all screaming down the phone at me. And, uh... Not me. I was hiding in a bush with a, with a crush. <laughs> he was hiding. <laughs> he didn't have a clue what was going on. Just waiting patiently. And um, they used to say to me, don't, um, don't be stressed in front of the talent. So even though production can be stressful and we might all be a bit on edge, your job is to keep her calm, make sure she's happy, so, you know, she's relaxed, good on camera, etc. And uh, <laughs> then next thing I know, I'm in the car, phone's on speaker because I'm lost and they're effing and blinding down the phone at me. Where are you? <laughs> And I'm thinking, she sat in the back, this girl. I'm like, oh, they're joking. They're always like this. <laughs> they're always like this. <laughs> and then um, I get to set. The exec screams at me. I'm crying. I mean, it all kicks off. How I ended up staying in the career I did, I don't know. I think it was at the time as well, as these things always do. And, you know, we'll we'll talk about this again. But everything in telly... As much as we try and stick to a schedule, we never do. No. And we were so far behind anyway, just setting the scene, setting the yeah. blooming scene with these flipping lights <laughs> and making it all look pretty when, you know, we're on the top of this cliff in these sort of, in this rocky environment where wind's blowing everything one way and, you know, the talent's lost because it's pitch black. I vaguely remember massive plastic boxes of props yeah. that we took with us from London. The runners had been down M&S and yeah. got like plates with glitter on yeah. and stuff to make it look good. And then you've got, you know, exec walking around going, right, fill that corner. That needs, we need to put something in that corner. Mm. Where's, where's Jenna? Where is she? <laughs> where's the talent? Where's the Jane? Anyway, all the, it all kicked off. I got there in the end. It was late, but whatever. We did the filming. Uh, you know, the re- big reveal. So then Michael was there with the crush. He goes into set. Then we have to bring and reveal the Jane because he doesn't know who it is. And then we have to all find... <laughs> the date happens. And as you can imagine, they try and make it quite intimate and romantic, but there's like 50 crew <laughs> yeah. all stood around. And we're told to be near, but not be seen. Yeah. So we're like literally walking around the set trying to find places to hide in. <laughs> this is what people don't see, isn't it? Um, you know, people just assume that these, you know, a couple are sitting there at this table at this candle lit having this romantic dinner and that there's nobody else around. But mm. in reality, you know, we're all there. We're all there. We're just trying to find a place to hide. So that is the moment... We met. That we met was uh, crouching down... <laughs> On the floor. On the floor, in like this. It was like a weird little cave yeah. we'd found. We the were in like cave. a really like rustic location. In Malta. Like, it was almost like ruins. Yeah. But they turned it into, well, I don't really know. Well, there was rooms it, and stuff. It was odd. It was very odd. Spectacular. Amazing, l- yeah. Looking um, set, if you like. But we were on the floor. <laughs> Crouching down, and I was traumatised because I'd had the worst day ever. <laughs> You'd just been told off quite severely by the exec. I was, like, sobbing in this cave. <laughs> and then 
Yeah, we were, there was a few of us Didn't in we there. laugh as well? We laughed. No, I sneezed. Oh, you sneezed. <laughs> I needed to sneeze and I was so mortified that I was going to be told off again <laughs> for, for doing more things wrong that I was really worried about sneezing and I ended up <laughs> like holding my nose and I was very, I was not at my best. And then oh. you were just laughing at me. And then we've been friends ever since. And we've been friends ever since. We've got a format. Because we come from a TV background, we understand about formats. We do. <laughs> so we've written a little, um, a few little things that we're going to do in this podcast that will be regular. Yeah. And the first one is called, What Are You Giving Up? Uh, and now the reason for this, particularly at the moment, is that um, everyone is so focused on trying to be better, do more, learn something new, tr- like take things up, d- you know. Oh, I should, I should get better at this, I should try that, or da 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 like trying to take on more and more and more. Yeah. And life is busy and life is hard. Yeah. And we think, actually, give some stuff up. Yeah. Like stuff that doesn't make you happy or stuff that's making your life harder. Learn how to give stuff up. Absolutely. And also, there, we went for a phase of every time we met up, you would tell me, <laughs> I've given this up. It's changed my life. <laughs> yeah, because I did. I I gave up um, dairy, didn't I? Do you remember? And all I could talk about for about three months was this kefir that I was drinking. Do you remember this goat milk? Yeah. Um, which turns out was still dairy after <laughs> after everything. I was going around and said, oh, "I've given up dairy. I'm not even. I'm not drinking milk. Goat's milk. And I'm the drinking goat's the... milk." Um, but yeah, we did always have a thing, didn't we? Where we, we say, oh, I've given this up. Some sort of fad or other. And we think giving things up makes more sense than taking things on. I think people just say yes to everything sometimes and you don't have to. Like, you can say yeah. no and just, you know, like you said, if there's something that is getting you down or, you know, something that you want to change, then you should just give it up. Give it up. So, this week... I say this week like we're going to do a podcast every week. <laughs> we're probably not. <laughs> this time, what are you giving up? So, I'm giving up meat on a Monday. <laughs> okay, that's good. So, did you choose Monday because it's alliteration? Well, I sort of did. I, I went with um, hashtag meat free Monday. Oh, that's a thing, is it? it well, I didn't. I assume it's a thing because I don't think I would have just made it up. I must have seen it somewhere. <laughs> but um, I'm taking the inspiration behind a friend who um, is part of uh, Weight Watchers and they've lost six and a half stone. Over the six past- and a half stone? Six and a half stone over a year. Wow. He's done really well. been putting all these pictures up of, um, you know, meat-free food and he's sort of gone vegetarian and... Mm. In, including all of these new things in his diet. And I just thought, you know what, we've not had a kitchen, which is a whole other story, but we've not had a kitchen for months and months and months. And it's very difficult at the moment to cook. Um, I also want to feel a little bit more healthy. So why not give up meat and give it up on a Monday? <laughs> so one day a week, meat-free. So one day a week, I'm going to go meat-free. And it also gives me an excuse to look at vegetarian or vegan options in the supermarket and you know I've already started 
and I had a uh, vegan, would you believe, kebab. Oh, yeah. Vegan kebab. Tell me more. Vegan kebab from Tesco. So it's basically like a gyro pitta. Yeah. With what looks like meat, but actually is all plant-based. And do you know what? Delicious. Put a load of garlic mayo on it. (laughs) You can't tell the difference. And you can't tell. You can't tell the difference. And I just thought, you know, promote, you know, going meat-free. I'm not saying I'm going to do it all the time. I think once a week for me and for Tom... um, is actually doable mm. because we love, you know, we love food, we love cooking. Um, but yeah, go and meet free Mondays. I like it. Meet free Mondays, and so I've now, stuck to it. I'd like to know next time we do this. I'd like to know what you're going to do on a Tuesday. Yeah, well, I'm thinking that Taco Tuesday. <laughs> yeah, that's good. <laughs> Jenna, what are you giving up? Right. So I, I used to ice skate right as a kid. And I, um, in lockdown, I bought some roller skates because I thought I miss skating. And I've been doing it since, you know, on and off as an adult as well. And I miss skating and I thought it would be a good chance for me to get to grips with skating on concrete as opposed to ice um, and just something to do in lockdown. So that means there's a, con- there's a reason I have to give you this context. Don't okay. look at me like that. No, go on. Yeah, I'm intrigued. <laughs> um, so I've got these roller skates, right? 35 years old. <laughs> Um, and now I've become one of those sad adults that's constantly on the lookout for smooth surfaces. Oh, gosh. That I can skate on. Oh, please don't turn off. <laughs> Listen, so I've... Anyway, quite often these surfaces are near parks or in parks or whatever. And uh, they're the best places to skate on. <laughs> yeah, but... skate parks. It's where people skate, Jenna. <laughs> With no, I don't like the proper skate. I don't want to do all that scary ramp stuff. Right, I okay. like twirling around. Okay. I'm a lady. <laughs> anyway, they are the places that you need to go, but often they are filled with youths. <laughs> as people all say. the youths. <laughs> the youths. The youths of today. Um, so I am giving up not going to do stuff like that because of all the youths. <laughs> what, you know, is just going to mingle like... in with them? Yeah, you know when you're like a bit intimidated, and I'm like, no, I'm 35 years old. <laughs> I am gonna take my little skates and my leggings, and I'm gonna get in that park, and I'm gonna skate on my own, and I don't care if they're kicking a football at me. I'm gonna do it at you. <laughs> oh dear, well, so good I'm, for you. I'm giving up being intimidated by youths. Yeah. <laughs> at skate parks. Well, it's quite a thing. I've seen them. There's, you know, they can get quite, especially in Essex. (laughs) Oh, not around here, darling. It's very, (laughs) it's very nice. So yeah, that's what I'm giving up. Okay. Okay, so the next bit, the the whole point of this podcast, we move into every uh, episode we do. We'll talk about a particular subject that often means, you know, the kind of subjects that would make people tread on eggshells or be holding with them an elephant in the room somewhere. Um, And we've picked a few different things to cover. And some of them are more significant to one or the other of us. Yeah. You're the the lonely old... (laughs) You're the lonely old cow at the moment. (laughs) Yeah. So so loneliness... (laughs) This week's we're going to talk about loneliness. A, 
because as Michael said, <laughs> it's a subject I can talk about uh, and I'm happy and willing to share because I think, uh, well, we'll get to it, but I think perhaps a lot of people can feel lonely. It doesn't mean that you are lonely or it's not anything to be ashamed of, but you can experience and feel loneliness. Um, and also because it's quite relevant at this time, uh, obviously, because if you do live on your own, or even if you're not living on your own, but you are locked down, there's uh, obviously greater risk at the moment of feeling lonely. So it feels topical. Absolutely. Um, so I'm going to have to check my notes because I've written some stuff down. This is serious business. Uh, yeah, so I think I'll begin because I'm the lonely old cow. You begin. <laughs> Lonely old cow. <laughs> um, well, it's something that we would naturally talk about if we met up for dinner in London, isn't it? Something yeah, like this. Was, yeah. Um, I think I've kind of already said it, but the first thing I, I want to say about loneliness is that it shouldn't be shameful to say that you've been feeling lonely. Um, because it doesn't mean... It, it's not defining uh, you at that time in your life forever. It doesn't mean you are a lonely person and always will be. It just means that you're feeling... Uh, you're feeling um, elements of loneliness at that time for whatever reason. And you shouldn't be ashamed to say that because if you can speak about it, quite often that will help yeah. and other people will respond to you and ease those feelings. Um, and I think what's really good recently that I've noticed happening is that there's lots of things that people experience that are no longer shameful to talk about and are coming out in the open. Obviously, there's a massive... Massive thing with mental health, and that's being spoken about so much more than it ever has been, which I think is brilliant. Um, this obviously falls under that to, to a degree. Um, but a good comparison, I think, is parenting. Um, when my mum, you know, when I was really young and mum was a new parent to me, she said that there was an enormous pressure on her to just be a really good parent and show on the outside that she's being a really good parent and not talk about the struggles. Um, and she said she'd never dream of, you know, the things that people say on Facebook now about parenting. And it's quite, uh, there's this whole movement around, like, the real side of parenting and how hard it can be. And mm. mums, mu hashtag mum life, you yeah. know, all of that is quite trendy. What is that side, do you think? What, the difficult side? Yeah. Like, the reality of... You know, loneliness comes into it, you yeah. know, and just how tiring it is and how hard it is and... Like, I think, really, a lot of it is about mums being able to say, I don't feel like I'm coping very well with this at the moment. Yeah. Which doesn't mean that they're not, it's just how they're feeling. Um, and they're sharing that with each other. And I think it's amazing. And I think it's, it's great that all that exists. And it's great that there's, uh, there's a platform for that and for people to be able to say, do you know what? <laughs> this is really bloody hard. <laughs> <laughs> and... Uh, you know, there's there there's a community of people now, that, and people feel less alone in that situation. Um, and I just feel like I wish that was true for lots of other things going on in life. Yeah. Because the opposite struggles come with their own set of challenges that are just as hard. You know, being on your own or not having those problems when everyone else is. Uh, you know, there's it comes with its own set of things, and I kind of just wish there was the same thing out there, because. The only thing that is out there, you know, hashtag single life is not exactly the same um, because, you know, it's it's 
very much based in like comedy and tragedy. Like, oh, made a pizza last two days. Hashtag single life. Ha ha ha. Aren't I tragic? You know, and it and it's not actually always funny. Uh, and and people perhaps don't want to use it in that context, you know. And it would just be nice to have a similar kind of movement and the same community and support um, the way that mums do for for other things, because it you know it shouldn't be shameful to say, oh, I'm actually not okay with this, or this thing that I'm doing is really hard. Can I talk about it? Um, which is not a new thing to say, you know. That's the whole message behind all of the mental health campaigns. Yeah. Um, it's not exactly, uh, what's the word? What's the word when it's like a revelation? It's yeah. not a revelation. Um, but that's, you know, the whole premise of our podcast, just to get people talking and for other people, hopefully hearing us talk about it will encourage others to hopefully do the same. Yeah. Um, just, to, just to put in as well, obviously, Jenna, you live on your own, don't you, at the moment? I live on my own, yes. You live on your own. And You're I in have this... done. I've lived on my own now for bloody... There's a thing... I'll tell you what I'm going to give up. <laughs> Facebook memories. <laughs> what is that about? Get those notifications off. <laughs> I do not want to be reminded <laughs> I've been living on my own now for four years. I thank you very much. <laughs> well, if you turn them off, I'm only going to remind you myself. Yes. True. So you've been living on your own. You've been living on your own for four years, yeah, haven't you? About that, yeah. And it's just, for me, just to see that and I, I don't have, I don't know what that feels like and I don't know if that comes into the element of you feeling lonely or loneliness or feeling alone. But would you say, like, I'm not a particularly lonely, like, stereotypically lonely... No, and this is, this is my point, you know... You have so much going on in your life. Like every time I talk to you, I mean, it's hard to fit you in. You, your schedule <laughs> yeah. is, you know, on on a Monday you're doing something, on a Tuesday you're doing something. You know, you've got pop choir, you've got ice skating, you've got quizzes, you've got yeah. goodness knows what else you have planned during the week. So you are, you know, a socialite really. Mm-hmm. And you have so many friends that absolutely adore you and rightly so. Well... Um, you know you (laughs) what is it what because I you know I'm I'm in a happy relationship and you know I haven't I've been on my own you know for for some time short periods but you know what is it for you that makes you feel the way you feel about loneliness well I think the point is that I don't feel lonely all the time um and I don't Loneliness also isn't about how many people are around you. Because I think lots of people can be surrounded... They can be in a room full of people and feel lonely. Because for me, I think that loneliness is about... Uh, it's about connection. Is it, is it sort of, for you, how you, people don't understand how you feel about the situations that you're in? Yes, that what he said that's it <laughs> it's not necessarily it's... being alone and being you know you're you know you could be alone in your house on the sofa watching tv and Perfect. you're alone but it's other people don't understand this is yeah the feeling so, of being lonely 
I think a lot of lonely feelings of loneliness come from when you're not experiencing how you're feeling being reflected back at you in others. Yes. So if you're in a situation that you don't feel like uh, other people around you can relate to, that can make you feel lonely. Um, and uh, yeah, because I don't, I'm very, I'm an only child. I'm very used to my own company. I'm quite happy in my own company. I can, you know, I'm quite worried now I've lived on my own that I'm never going to be able to <laughs> adapt <laughs> adapt and not live on my own. Because I'm so, I'm so set in my ways. <laughs> and I don't mind just, you know, I actually quite enjoy coming home and closing the door behind me after work. Well, I did when I was going out to work. Now I'm lucky to get out the door. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, I don't mind that moment of just, um, I'm not laughing at myself being lonely. I'm laughing at <laughs> Michael trying to trying to drink my jeans get his quietly gin down and really quietly it's the ice clinking that will give it away. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, I don't mind shutting the door behind me. I find it quite peaceful at home. I'm not agitated when I'm at home on my own, but I do. The moments when I feel lonely are when I feel like I'm experiencing something that I can't share with someone else. Yeah. And sometimes that's just purely circumstantial because everyone I know is in a different situation to me and they can't relate and I'll be having certain feelings. And don't get me wrong, and I'm sure probably the only people listening to this will be people that know us. (laughs) (laughs) So I'm very aware that, you know, I don't want anybody listening to be thinking, well, you know, I'm very good at always making sure you're okay. My friends are amazing. I cannot tell you. I've got so many amazing people in my life, but... Sometimes, and it's not anybody's fault, but it's just feeling, just wanting to uh, have that connection of how you're feeling with other people around you. And it's difficult when you don't have that. And uh, and it's difficult for, like you said, you've got all these ama- lovely, amazing friends, but it's difficult for them as well to think in that way if they're not in the same circumstance as you. Yes, and it's difficult for them because... They're concerned that talking to them, because they're not in my situation, will make it worse for me. Because yeah. they're like showing me how it could be, yeah. in a way. Not that literal, but I think there is an element of that. Mm-hmm. Um, so they don't want to ring me up and say, oh, how are you? Because they know I'll say, and how are you? And they'll say, oh, I'm fine, kids are driving me mad, husband, this, that and the other, you know. Yeah. Um, and they're conscious of that because they're lovely people. But, um, yeah, I think that's when you kind of you're trying to seek comfort in finding people that can relate to you that's what eases loneliness and actually there's friends I have that can say all of their shit and then I they let me say all of my shit and I think that's that really helps and that's kind of how it should be because sharing how you feel even if uh, someone doesn't understand it still helps how have you coped in the pandemic I'm just asking because, you know, I've found it... I've not seen anyone since March. We're in June. And, I, you know, I've had Tom. I'm very lucky. I've had Callie, my dog, mm. you know. I've uh, contemplated pets. Well, people have. I've but seen this. I just this. don't want to... Ruin the carpet. <laughs> <laughs> I, I hear you. I hear you. We've just had this lovely... Uh, you know, they just destroy everything. That isn't what I was going to say. <laughs> But now you mention it. Um, no, I just don't want to become a cliche. 
<laughs> Don't get a cat, whatever you do. Oh, Jenna, mid-30s, single, <laughs> living on her own with a cat. Now, you've got to be careful because there's probably people listening. Not that there's anything wrong with that. Uh, but, no, a serious question, though. Aren't, like, you know, it's... it's uh, Well, it's funny because I feel like I'm... I'm like a coping mechanism machine. <laughs> like the last, the, the few years will probably reveal a bit more about our, you know, how we've reached where we've got to in our lives across the course of these podcasts. And those that know us will already know, obviously. Um, but yeah, the last sort of four years have been a bit of a life kind of got turned on its head and I had to make some big decisions and sort of start again in lots of ways. And do you know what? I've nailed coping. Mm. I've aced it. Well, yeah. I know I know exactly, not in an egotistical way, but I'm just, I just know now exactly what makes me feel better and what makes me feel worse. Yeah. And I just really try hard and focus on the things that make me feel better. I don't always manage it. I have down days. We all do. Yeah. But I'm good at knowing that they will pass. And I just make myself really busy. I'm all about... And do you think that that's what the, you know, you said, oh, you know, you know how to cope and you've nailed it and everything else. But like, do you think that that's the coping mechanism for how you, how you feel, whether it's loneliness or whatever other feelings you're feeling? Do you think making, making yourself busy, being proactive is that, you know, if there's someone listening, like I've got some friends as well, mm. you know, one friend in particular that... You know, one day she's on top of the world and she's so invested in her career and everything that she's doing and, you know, I'm I'm always encouraging her and I'm always pushing her and I'm always saying, you know, this is great, this is good, this is a good day. And we always say, good day, bad day, shit day. Mm. Because there's as many bad, if not shit days, as there are good, sometimes mm-hmm. too many. Mm. And with her, she's in a similar situation to to you in terms of, you know, She's single, you know, all of her friends around her are getting married and having kids and she just feels lonely in that respect. So slightly different to how you feel, but she still has that element of feeling alone and loneliness. Mm. And Well, I feel lonely in that respect too. Yeah. So it's not to say that that's not there. And, and I sort of regret saying I've nailed coping because it makes it sound like everything's a breeze. Um, and it absolutely, well, you know it isn't because no. I meet up with you and go... Oh, God. <laughs> Quite frequently. <laughs> oh, good job I got those tissues. <laughs> Come on, I need them. Um, oh, you go silent for a couple I of mean, days. <laughs> yeah. Or you're like, um... Oh, she's having a moment. Are you okay? Um, I, what I mean by I've now coping is that I've just learnt the things that do help me feel better. It's not to say they always work or I'm always good at doing them. Yeah. Probably to the point I'm not always good at doing them. Um, and sometimes nothing helps. Sometimes it just is shit. Me and my mum have a really good phrase. She said it. My mum's quite good at the old, you know, little gems of wisdom every now and then. Mums usually are, aren't they? Yeah. And uh, we always just say some days are just days. You know, when you feel like you've wasted a day or you felt a bit rubbish or you haven't done anything, you haven't enjoyed it, you haven't, you know, it's just a bit... Mm. It's like, yeah, some days are just days. Just a, it's just a day. You'll it's have another a, one tomorrow. Just a day, if you're lucky. Yeah, well, exactly. Yeah. I mean, let's not get morbid. <laughs> <laughs> Save that for the grief podcast. <laughs> 
Yeah. <laughs> we'll be covering all exciting topics. Oh, I know. But this is, as... you know, eggshells and elephants. This is, mm. again, you know, we've said it early on, but this is what it's about, isn't it? And there's so many topics that people don't discuss. And, like, you know, me and my other friend have these internal conversations and I'm sure... You know, we'll be playing some voice notes on WhatsApp at some point during these podcasts. We if love we a do voice anymore. Because <laughs> we love a voice note. And sometimes they're like audiobooks. They go on for 15 minutes. And you just think, why don't you just call me? I particularly and... like the ones where you warn me and say, put the kettle on. <laughs> this is, <laughs> this is a long one. <laughs> and I pause it. Find myself a nice quiet spot to sit. Bye-bye, <laughs> <laughs> Fultz. On yeah. your cosy chair. Bye. <laughs> No, but it's true. Like we have, um, yeah, we voice note all the time, don't we? And sometimes you just don't have time for a, you know, a long chat and conversation. But you think of something and you just want to tell that person straight away. Mm. Um, and you know, I have that with some of my other friends as well. We'll talk more about WhatsApp groups <laughs> and subgroups and everything else. Um, but yeah, I just find it interesting because it is, you know, loneliness and feeling alone and you know my other friend one of my other friends is is is, feels the same sometimes as well and we have the same conversations and it's it's okay to feel lonely and absolutely and it doesn't mean that you always will no and I just think it's okay to say it out loud it should be okay to say it out loud and and just sharing it does help but, like you said, particularly at the moment as well, like everyone's going through their own shit. Mm. And, you know, whether you've lost your job, um, you know, you've stopped working for whatever other reason, mm. or you're at home and you're spending more time with your partner than you normally would, or you're homeschooling with your kids mm. and you're also out working. Um, all these different things, like everyone at the moment has got their struggle, haven't mm. they? Mm. And I think, you know, whether you're single living on your own or whether you're in a relationship and with kids, you know, you can still feel, you can still feel lonely. Well, this is, yeah, I just think the key thing is, it's that whole comparison thing, isn't it? Like whatever situation you're in, you think it would be okay if. Yeah. And you imagine someone else's situation. If only I was like them and I had this, that and the other. But the point is, we all do that. Like the people surrounded by people look at me. Well, people say it to me all the time. Oh, you're so lucky. Oh, on your own, get to do what you like. <laughs> Sleep in, have naps. Watch what you like on the telly. I'm like, lucky? <laughs> I'm bawling my eyes out over here. Thank you very much. I'm not. But, you know, that's the thing, isn't it? It's like... I think just being able to share and, you know, there are people out there that will know exactly how you're feeling. Yeah. And that's definitely easy. Like, I know there's people I can talk to who have been me and who have gone through these similar feelings and can totally relate and say... A lot of people, probably. Do you know what? It's completely normal that you feel like that. And sometimes that's all I need to hear is that, like, you know, just somebody saying, if I was you, I'd feel like you do as well. Just so you feel like you're not going mad or you're not, you know, you're not completely isolated and alien uh, and you're just having quite a natural reaction to being human (laughs) and being in the situation that you're in. Okay, so I've got some, I've done some research, ever the pro. I did do some research. But but left it at home on the laptop. laptop. (laughs) Um, 
So this is to do with the BBC's loneliness experiment, as uh, in collaboration with the Welcome Collection, making it the largest survey of its kind in the world. 55,000 people took part. And one of the interesting stats here, 40% of 16 to 24-year-olds who took part told us that they often or very often feel lonely. Wow. And that's 16 to 24-year-olds, young people. 40%, nearly half, feel lonely. It's a lot of people. That's it's a quite... lot of young people. It's, yeah. It is, isn't it? I think it's the bloody internet. Well, it plays a part, doesn't it? Not you to know, sound like a nan. No, well, sorry, <laughs> Grandma. But it, it does. It, it, and it comes back to what, what you were just saying about, you know, how you know, people, people put all their lives on social media, mm. don't they? And I don't want to get into a social media rant. <laughs> <laughs> no. But they do, and I think... Well, particularly as we, st- we both do too. We do, you know, and we... you we know, can't not, be hypocritical. I've got an Instagram account for my dog, for goodness sake. Yeah, do you know I what need I mean? to talk to you about that. <laughs> but what I'm saying is, is that doesn't surprise me, because, you know, 16 to 24-year-olds, most of them probably, I would say... Oh, to put a number on it, 90% of them at least will have an Instagram or a Twitter mm. or a Facebook account, probably more mm. near 100% than all of them. Yeah. Um, and I would say the majority of them look at what's posted and, you know, if someone's got what you haven't got that you want, you know, you do... Little things like that can make you feel not sort of lonely as such, but feel like you're missing out or you're not... You've got someone else has got something that you want, yes. and whether that's a job or you know whatever it is, it's posted up there for all of people to see. And nine times out of the ten, it's not real, mm. and it's showy and whatever else. And well, this, that could make people feel the way they feel. It kind of goes back to what I was saying before that if loneliness comes from a place of not feeling like the feelings that you're having are being felt by others around you, then that social media is only going to make that worse because people post the very best of everything. So you're constantly bombarded with information that people don't feel like you feel because they're doing all these amazing things. Mm. And it's like, well, actually, they probably all feel the same. This 40% of young people are all saying they feel lonely. There we go. That proves it. They are all feeling the same. But if they posted about that... And I know it's difficult because... You know, you don't want to get into... I, I don't think social media is the best platform to share, you know, people posting on Facebook, I'm so lonely. Like, that's not quite what I mean. Because no. I think that carries its own... I don't think people respond well to those kind of posts. It's, it's, not, it's not the right platform to do it. No. But I think if they could find ways to connect and reach out and share those feelings with others around them, in person rather than online... Um, they'd probably find that they do, you know, there are other people that feel exactly the same as them, just mm. down the road from where they are, or in the same school, or in mm. the same uni, or at work, or whatever, wherever they are. Um, and then they'd immediately feel less lonely. Yeah, knowing... and I think that, just listening to those, that statistic from the BBC, from the BBC? Mm. From the BBC, I was surprised that so many... Yeah. 40%. Mm. It's a lot of people. Mm. And I bet... Out of that 40% that took part, that feel lonely, they 
would also be surprised at that statistic. Yeah, exactly. And wouldn't realise that actually so many people do well, that's the, feel um, like that. That's the part of it that's hard to overcome, is that you can't help feeling like you're the only one that feels like that. Mm. It's like part of the symptom of feeling lonely is that you're feeling something that no one else is feeling. So you're completely on your own. It's this yeah. whole isolation, this feeling of isolation. So what I do is uh, listen to tons of podcasts <laughs> and surround myself with lots of stuff. And, you know, this is... I don't want to sound like a cliched 30-something single gal, but let's not beat around the bush. That is what I am. <laughs> um, I don't think that there's enough out there of, uh, you know... There's, it's difficult for me to find stories whether they're fictional or otherwise, um, of, you know, somebody in my situation that isn't a cliché, because, like, the single gal thing kind of gets tiring, you know, like, oh, so great, you get to go out and enjoy yourself, get drunk all the time, and, you know, there is that side to it, and the freedom, and live your life, yeah. make yourself happy, you, everything else will fall into place. You know, the clichés are there and they yeah. drive you mad. <laughs> it's like the last thing you want to hear. Um, and well, and also see, last thing you want to see, like it's in every film, it's in every... Yeah, exactly. And it's like, actually, the real story of that isn't told that often, mm. like how it can really feel. Like it is, there are lots of great things to it. And I'm like, by no means am I drowning in sorrow for myself. You know, I'm, there's been loads of great things that have happened. I've got to, you know, I went travelling for two months on my own. It was a brilliant experience. I've done loads of good things. Um, and that side of the cliche <laughs> is true. Um, but the reality of, it's not always fun. No. And, you know, waking up on your own isn't always great. Um, and going to bed on your own. Yeah. And... And it isn't always about, like, you know, all the messaging is all about, like, focus on your career, make loads of friends, go on nights out, have a good holiday. Tick. Yeah. You're sort of doing all those. You've done all those. Yeah. (laughs) And then it's like everything else will just fall into place. And it's like, well... Where is this place? (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Where is... When is it falling? (laughs) Where is this place? Um... But yeah, and I just think that there should be... I just think there should be a bloody good film about a single girl in her 30s that doesn't end up with her moving into a new apartment. And, oh, look, over the other side of the corridor is a nice bloke and they fall in love immediately. Yeah. Let me tell you, that doesn't happen. doesn't happen. No. Um, I guess, you know, when, when you see it in, in those situations, so on films and in Netflix, blooming mm. dramas and whatever else... There's always that sort of like happy ending, isn't there? And I guess you've got to just accept that that's either going to happen, which it, you know, hopefully. Well, will. I think yeah. The key thing is that yes, and lots of people do say to me, there will you know that will be for you too, and the you know that all the media around all that stuff is is as it should be because you know it's giving people the hope that that's will happen to them. What I think is missing is the in between bit. Yeah. Like, these people in the films, they're, like, on their own for about two minutes. Yeah. They walk in... They, like, walk into a bar for the first time on their own, like, this big deal, going out on your own, trying to make the most of whatever else. And then they marry the barman. 
<laughs> and I'm like, nah. What's happened to the four years of like trying to learn how to cope, <laughs> trying to learn how to make friends again as an adult? Because that's not as easy as it might seem. Um, you know, where's all the lonely nights and the heartache? Yeah, they that none of that stuff. It's all about enjoying yourself, being single, having a great career, being empowered, being a in all the women independent like all that great I can you know shake my ass on a Friday night to my heart's content brilliant I can and I will and I do but there's a whole other side to it that I think we don't see enough of it's hard it's hard like particularly it's hard on the pressure around how it affects your friendships particularly for women because at that stage it's a really significant stage of life and quite often you'd go in one way or the other and it can really um, put a strain on friendships through nobody's fault of their own but massive change in circumstances means you know one of you might need your friends way more than ever and at a time when your friends have the least time they've ever had for you Mm. Um, and that's nobody's fault but it's hard you know that's never that story doesn't ever get told um yeah and there's you know all of that stuff I just think that's they're the things that you don't you know that's where the loneliness comes from because you feel like you're experiencing all of this stuff that's like you've never had to experience before and you've never heard anyone else talk about before so you just don't know what to do with it and you you sort of feel like you know you're living in horrible guilt because you're worrying about being a bad friend and you know, it's just all so new and you're not surrounded by people that you can connect with that can say, oh, that happened to me or I feel that too or I felt that too. Uh, and yeah, I think that's that's where some of it comes from. So that's the end of our serious section. I don't think we've solved I loneliness. I hope you're all still listening. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> You've all turned off. It's just, it's just my mum left now. <laughs> my mum. <laughs> now, we're not going to end on a downbeat note. So the next segment that we're going to do, which we'll repeat every episode, uh, is called Quote of the Week. Uh, <laughs> do you like the way I said that? It's, yeah, Quote of the Week. I mean, just explain. It can be a very, uh, like a, just explain. It could be a, a quote from something that we've overheard or something that we've seen somewhere. I think that we're both quite, I mean, I love people saying like I I write them down when I work when I'm at work in the office if someone says something hilarious out loud it's got to be a natural come out of nowhere kind of quote I will write it down because <laughs> I just love what people come out with it makes me laugh and you're one of them you're <laughs> great at quotes <laughs> are they usually by voice note yeah we'll play we I'm gonna start saving them and we'll play them into the podcast and the quotes of the week can be from you <laughs> so quote of the week refers nicely back almost like I planned this, to my, what am I giving up? Go on. So what was I giving up? You were giving up um, being intimidated by youths. <laughs> I like the way you have to say, youths. Youths. Um, yes, so my quote comes from a young lad. I'd say he was maybe 11, maybe 12. Okay. Down at the old park near me, skating away I was. These lovely young boys kicking up football around quietly chatting like a group of old women and it was very interesting what they were saying and (laughs) I need to get the words right here otherwise it won't work the quote was they were talking about dreaming 
Okay. Oh dear. <laughs> <laughs> How old were they? <laughs> Bear with me. They were talking about lucid dreaming. Okay. And one of them reckons that he dreams so much, like he thinks it's lucid dreaming. I don't know enough about it, but he thinks it's lucid dreaming. And um, he knows he's dreaming, but he can control what he's doing in his dream. So he just does like crazy shit, knowing that he's dreaming, and it doesn't matter. But it's great, because he can just do what he likes. And I'm like, hmm. And then the other guy's like, well, how do you know that you're dreaming? Like, how does that work? And uh, one of the boys says... You know that you're dreaming when there's no clocks. <laughs> and the other boy says, Yeah, do you know what? I've never, know, I've never been dreaming and know the time. What? <laughs> have you ever had a dream where you've known the time? No, I don't suppose I have, no. thinking about it. 12 years old, this boy. I mean... He's going to run for Parliament. <laughs> it really got me thinking. You don't know the time, do you? No. Blimey, I've never, I've never sort of thought about it, to be honest. I know. Yeah, he's right. No, no sense of time is what I would say. So yeah. I don't know what day of the week it it's is. It's the way he came out with it. So there, there we go. We've done our first podcast. We've done our first podcast. Yay! How was it? Do email us. <laughs> yeah, email. What is our email address? It is eggshellsandelephants at gmail.com. It is. I didn't think you were going to remember. Yeah. <laughs> yes, we have got an email address. Um, suggestions for things you've given up, great quotes you've heard, or subjects that you feel would be good to talk about and get, get the conversation going on. All welcome. I appreciate that everybody listening to this will probably just WhatsApp us. <laughs> Because they'll be our friends. <laughs> and do, send us a voice note because uh, we'll play it. <laughs> yeah, we will. We'll play it out. If we can work out how. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that was good. That was really good. I feel like we've just done what we always do. But... It has, it's felt like we've been... Do you know what? Who needs a blooming posy restaurant in King's Cross when you can sit in a lovely house with fairy lights, a glass of gin? Have a chat. And have a chit chat. Yeah. Talk about the uh, eggshells and elephants mm. in the room. <laughs> Not anymore. <laughs> got rid of them. Right, well, if you got this far, then we're very, very grateful that you listened to us rambling on. There's so many more stories, so I hope we'll do this again. See you then. Bye now. Bye.